Hello. Hey. Welcome to another episode of You Have My Attention. Today, the Midnight Bat is joining us again. And we are going to discuss TV shows that have our attention recently. Yeah. So, first of all, I just want to give a quick disclaimer that we're going to talk about spoilers in... uh, Spoilies? Yeah. There's going to be spoilers for Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Selena, the series. So, those are the ones that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, so... Um, just be aware of that if you don't want to hear spoilers then skip this episode yeah but if you've watched these or then you don't care in. then in. yes listen in and hear our opinions and our point of view yeah so you want to start off talking about better call Saul yeah we can talk about better call Saul since we're both like watching it together I think I think you might have gone ahead of me so which part are you on again I don't even remember I'm on season two, and I don't remember which episode. I think I'm halfway through the season at this point. Okay, well, I really liked season one, and it's been a long time since I watched it, like, fully. Mm-hmm. Um, only until recently. And I don't know, there's just a lot of things that I, like, like missed about it. And one of them was, like, watching Mike, like, interact with other people um the shenanigans you know like because he's like a no-nonsense type of guy and like he he was like an ex-cop he's not the main character but i guess we should just first talk about uh kind of set the background for the show so that okay if anyone that. anyone's never watched it so basically better call saul is basically a prequel of Breaking Bad. A very popular, uh, critically acclaimed show, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is the best show available to watch on Netflix, in my opinion. So Better Call Saul centers around one of the most, I would say the most eccentric character from the Breaking Bad universe, which is Saul Goodman. He was... He's like the lawyer. Yeah. From Breaking Bad. And he's like kind of like doing shady practices you know yeah so it goes it goes back to his beginnings and how he became Saul Goodman because Saul is not his real name yes the character's name uh like his real his real name is James McGill James McGill or Jimmy yes and he used to be a con man back in his hometown in Illinois uh I believe it was Cicero, Illinois. I think that's the town that they say he's from. Yeah, but then they kind of show his growth. Yeah, his trajectory from, you know, being the kind of guy that with his friend would like con people out of their money in bars. And then, you know, him getting into trouble. And then his he has a, an older brother who he has an interesting relationship with. And his older Chuck. brother, yes, his older brother's name Chuck, or Charles, actually. Well, they call him they Chuck. They call him Chuck the yeah. whole time, so, yeah. He's a lawyer. He's very, um, he's like academic, the op- successful, he's the intellectual opposite. type of person. Pretty much the opposite of Jimmy. Yes. And we should mention the main characters portrayed by Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, and actually, I th- I don't remember where I saw it, but some I think some other actor was saying that Bob Odenkirk he 
he wasn't even like an actor before like like that wasn't even like what he was starting off doing he was like doing something like a normal job or something like something different but i don't remember what it was (laughs) oh i didn't know about that i know he's from illinois um well he was born there um and i guess he lived there in his in his but he's great he's a great actor so yeah he's i've seen him in a few different i've only seen places. him in Breaking Bad. and, and yeah i guess these are the two main ones but i want to say i've seen him in something else but and i like the dynamic between him and his brother because um you know he, i mean his older brother is a serious one you know he follows the law very strictly and jimmy kind of gets a little you know he kind of gets he finds loopholes or he finds ways around certain things and he's like the likable one that you know people like and chuck is kind of jealous of that and they don't really show yeah he seems to be that's the way he's portrayed it kind of seems like he sort of resents his brother because of how charming he is how people seem to gravitate towards him yeah Um, he's very charismatic super he's outgoing Mm um meanwhile chuck is not i mean chuck is uh he's very intellectual person i would say like yeah he's very very serious he's not at all like cold not at all like jimmy is he's very like i don't know if the right phrase is straight man or something is that what they call it comedy yeah the older brother is a lawyer too but like he has his own what is it called firm his own firm yeah and so when jimmy tells him that he passed the what is it called the bar the bar that he passed the bar he's like surprised you know the older brother is like what you know like he's like shocked yeah he i guess so basically what happens in the beginning is that jimmy is a con man right and then he gets himself into some trouble and by this point his brother has already left illinois he now resides in new mexico and he that's where the most of the story happens yes so he finds out that jimmy's in trouble he goes and kind of like gets him out of trouble over there and then he gets him a job at his law firm he's uh, like in the mail working in the mail room yes so he starts off in the mail room and he doesn't tell his brother about any of this so like it's it's strange because like they're not it's like they don't talk about some things about each other unless they like find out you know mm-hmm. um and but like the older brother has like a weird condition like where he feels like he's a like i don't know a better way to put this but like allergic to electricity yeah or- he has what is what he describes as a sensitivity to electromagnetic uh radiation or electromag like electro things like that electricity yeah basically electricity so all of his lights are out in his house you know um he doesn't have you know if his fridge isn't working you know because he um he has everything in like a cooler and so jimmy brings him his stuff you know his food yeah and he wasn't like that before it's something that develops at some point and i haven't gotten to the part where they that's explained yet because yeah kind of like where you start off you kind of see him it's it's interesting because this show it has like flashbacks and flash forwards 
So actually the very beginning in season one, it's a flash forward. After Breaking Bad. After the events of Breaking Bad. Now the show is mainly taking place as a prequel before Breaking Bad, but throughout throughout the series you have flash like flashbacks to way before like their childhood and you know other other things that happened before the what's currently going on in the storyline and then also flash forwards past the breaking bad timeline Mm -hmm. after that those events transpired so we know already because from the ending of breaking bad and beginning you know the flash forwards that they show that Jimmy went into hiding after the events of Breaking Bad. He adopted a new identity. He moved to Nebraska and is a manager at a Cinnabon in a mall. Yeah, and they do talk about that in Breaking Bad. And there'll be, like, moments where he's, like, as his older self, and he'll go into his closet and um, take out, like, an old tape recording of his old commercials yes yeah, so there's Saul Goodman yeah so you see like, yeah. his life in the future and and you see where where his like decisions and like all these things that he got involved in as a lawyer like where they led him to in the future and it's interesting because the scenes where they show him in the future you know in his fugitive life life is a fugitive although he's not on the run and but he's in hiding um he's everything's in black and white yeah notice that all those scenes are in black and white and i think that's so interesting it's like showing a i don't know what the the phrase or the name of that but it's it's a, it's symbolic right it's it means something mm-hmm. what what you would name that i'm not sure but it's every time i see those scenes with the flash forward uh like images it it's just sad like i honestly feel sad each time because i just see kind of like it's like that whole ghost of christmas future thing you know from that show or sorry that movie with um you know ghost of christmas past ghost of christmas present yes Uh christmas carol okay Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm like what okay yeah, a Christmas Carol. It's just it's a classic like Christmas story of the main um the main character is like being warned that the way he's going, he's, you know, going to end up in this situation in the future. Well, besides Ebe- Ebenezer Scrooge, right? Yeah. Besides yeah. those two characters, I mean, I think Mike is great, you know, he's like the older uh ex-cop guy who's like really just stoic and like no nonsense and you know he'll <laughs> he'll kind of like have Saul be his lawyer and all that and there's um I mean the way they met we should say before yeah, we say, yeah, yeah. before he became his lawyer he was the employee at the parking lot so the parking lot to the courthouse mm-hmm. because Mike was because Jimmy who becomes Saul who becomes He's the lawyer the and he'll uh-huh. do some jobs there and like represent people. He starts off as a public defender because yeah. he has trouble getting um, clients at first, you know, being a new lawyer. He has a solo practice. Initially, he doesn't have an official office. Like it's like it's like an office inside of a nail salon, you know. Right. So as we mentioned, he 
started off in the mailroom, got his degree and, uh, you know, passed the bar. Um, but his brother's firm wouldn't hire him. Yeah. You know, he approached the firm, tried to get hired. His coworker, who's, you know, his love interest. Kim, Kim Wexler. Kim Wexler yeah. also started in the mailroom, but she does get hired. Yeah. In contrast to Jimmy, whose brother is frankly distrustful of him. Um, so he is not hired from the uh, by the firm and so he has his own solo practice but he struggles so you see in the first season and into the second season how he struggles in those times and the way he meets this character mike is that mike is the parking attendant uh, for the parking lot he's very mike is just like following following the rules doesn't let him out sees him he sees him almost every day and he's still a stickler to the for the rules right yeah um, but the storyline that i'm really fascinated by is the with the kettlemans like where um so who are the kettlemans they're these uh this couple um the husband he's been stealing money accused of stealing money from the county I, what was his job he was like a um what was his don't really remember fully but basically him and his wife are like keeping like a bag of cash in their house you know and they are insisting that they didn't take it and that you know that the husband is innocent but you know clearly he's he's not he's he not definitely <laughs> stole money from the from the taxpayers he had some kind of job it was like i don't remember what it was like co- county commissioner i don't know exactly yeah something no. like that but Saul is trying to get them to hire him as their lawyer and they just refuse at first but then um they go to chuck's um firm you know the hhm hhm Mm -hmm. and they try to get you know kim to help them get him off like to so people think that people think that he's innocent but she's like, um, well, we're going to have to make a deal, you know, but he's going to face, he's going to go to prison. Like there's no other yeah, way with, around with the it. DA, with the district attorney. And so they're like, mm, actually, no, we're not going to hire you. And so they go back to Saul. And, oh, well, actually Saul goes the extra mile, like compared to all the other lawyers that are shown yes, in the show. Like he, he does. Will actually... He was the one that found the Kittlemans because they were hiding and the police were like, where are they? Where are they? And so he figured out that they were like a few miles behind their house, just hiding in the woods, quote unquote camping. But they were just there trying to save the money for themselves. And Yeah, they, they had were- even made it look like they got kidnapped or something and they weren't. Yeah, but, you know, Saul figured out like, um, this is really sus. So mm-hmm. he found them and then. He's like, okay, well, you clearly have the bag of cash right there. And so, you know, they were trying to bribe him and all that goes down. But also another way that he goes on the extra mile is like in season two. Is it season one or season two where he um, figures out that the, what is it called? The sand, sandpiper or what is it oh, called? Oh, yeah. So there's um, an assisted living facility mm-hmm. for uh, prime primarily like senior individuals living there he realizes that they're being um i don't know what like they're like they're being like tricked out of their money basically like yeah they're being exploited for their money as um 
you know, since they're older, Residents. you know, they're yeah. older, they don't really realize, you know. Yeah, they're basically getting taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way he realizes is because at that point, he's kind of started to go into senior law. And so he starts to, you know, Have help older clients. Yeah, older clients. Um, he writes wills, you know prepares you know those kinds of documents for them and um you know he realizes that some of his customers have or clients have trouble paying him and with one conversation with one client he kind of realizes wait a minute how did you why did you why do you say you have an allowance and she says oh they i have my you know retirement account or what have you and then the the living the assisted living facility they take the money out and then they pay all the from there they pay the bills like that I owe them and then they give me an allowance and he's like what yeah. like it doesn't make sense and so he starts digging deeper and he realizes that it's this whole like whole scheme it's very sketchy stuff going on the the residents being taken advantage of and once he kind of starts to realize this he wants to like have access to those you know those files those papers that are proof that are saying that they're taking the money and all that yeah he starts picking up on these things and he tries to like connect with the, some of the residents and try to he tries to build a case against the the facility and he basically dumpster dives for those documents <laughs> but since they're all shredded he has to tape them all back together and they're all in little tiritas and little strips little strips because they've been going through the paper shredder you know yeah and so he takes he takes forever but he you know tapes them back together and his older brother even helps him too and so you know they have those documents now and then they're able to build up that case mm-hmm. and then that case uh, become so large they realize the size of it that you know Jimmy they kind of need help they realize they need help because it would take so long and it, it becomes like a multi-million dollar case and HHM tries to get in on it well it's because Chuck works at HHM and he convinces Jimmy to hand it over to them yeah but they're trying to get in on it man but they don't want Saul to be on the case they just like okay we'll just you know it's kind of it's kind of revealed that it's that's mainly due to his brother because his brother is distrustful of him and you know doesn't have enough confidence in him he doesn't but also i it's really a combination of things i think their relationship also jealousy there is a jealousy component to it or and like an envy component um it's to me that's the way i perceive it so basically his brother becomes almost like the villain yeah, his nemesis. Yeah. Essentially. And it's interesting seeing how it started off as being one of the other lawyers in the firm seeming to be the bad guy or like the nemesis or like. Yeah, but he was just Jimmy. being fed information by Chuck. But it was really all Chuck having him make, you know, having him presenting presenting himself as the bad guy. But really, it was Chuck all along. And, like, he's not completely evil. Like, he still loves his brother. Like, that's what, like, it's, like, a deeper... It's more complicated. More complex, for sure. Yeah. So they have that, you know, dynamic that is... um, It's very brotherly, you know. Sometimes you get competitive, so... But then also you see Jimmy, like, taking care of Chuck because of Chuck's condition that he has, which, you know, I believe is psychosomatic. It's, you know, something he has... Uh, developed over like a fear um 
based on you know intrusive thoughts and mental health for um, sure mental issues, health issues yeah. that has led to him believing that he has electromagnetic hypersensitivity mm-hmm. that's not proven to be a thing yeah proven in the sense of like it being an actual condition it's more something that is mental right that he kind of develops but yeah so you have jimmy taking care of him because he like brings him his food he brings him ice he gets the paper for him because chuck won't even go outside like he won't even go out in the sun he won't even uh really like yeah he'll just stay inside he stays indoors you know does everything out inside no electricity uses gas lamps he like destroyed the fuse box yeah so like no one can connect it he won't even allow visitors to bring any electronic devices watches phones he makes Saul put his cell phone in the mailbox so you know and then he makes him ground himself by touching like a wire that's like ground into the into the earth right doesn't he he makes him do that before he enters he'll say too. yeah he'll say ground yourself mm-hmm. yeah before he goes inside the house yeah so it's this whole thing and so you you see the the whole dynamic it's like very complicated but what who would you say is your favorite character in the show mike <laughs> it's why mike. Is, why is it mike well i just love the way he's just like he f- he's better than all the cops he's better than all the bad guys like he'll figure shit out he'll like whatever job that he has to do he'll do it and even if someone tries to stop him he'll like stop them like he like when the whole kettleman thing was happening um he was like <laughs> like watching them outside of, of their house and like tricking them into like leading him to the money by like where they had their money stashed yeah Yeah. and he was like watching the whole thing and they were freaking out and so that's how Saul found out where where they were hiding the money and all that he's just like very like stealth you know he'll just figure it out and he's helping his daughter-in-law and granddaughter and the the moments with uh, Mike and his granddaughter granddaughter are so sweet because he'll like you know he'll like take her to the park or just be very gentle with her and I don't know it's very endearing because you see him be like brutal with like these criminal dudes that are like getting in his way and like um and then he and then then in the next scene he'll be like with his granddaughter like playing a little game or something I don't know it's cute <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting that juxtaposition right of you see the character in like two completely opposite situations so that's interesting so your favorite character is mike yeah my favorite character is definitely kim wexler who's the yeah. that's my friend's yeah. favorite character too. she's the romantic or she's the love interest right in this show yeah she's um, the love interest um and she helps out saul a lot you know she even gets him a job at another um law firm and um she's just really really helpful she's really smart she's so like sophisticated what's what's the word i don't know i guess like she's like a professional businesswoman yeah and she's smart and she's like she also everything that ellie wants to be (laughs) (laughs) well i like how she's she kind of like level-headed yeah she's very level-headed and all that and and she's a very she has a very good work ethic and everything so yeah, and she's very well put together. 
yeah and i also like how she's she tries to embody a sort of like ethical stance towards things like i like how the way she manages her her situations in her work is very like ethical centered so i i like that about her yeah she and and jimmy get into disagreements over things because he'll tell her about stuff that's going on in his work and then she will then be telling him you know that's that that can get you in trouble you shouldn't do that you know but of course jimmy doesn't listen (laughs) yeah (laughs) he doesn't listen you know although they did have that moment um i think it was season two where they kind of like trick a guy into like buying them this really expensive vodka and like they were pretending like they were heirs to some fortune and do you remember that well the guy they got him to buy them drinks yeah it was the expensive vodka that she wanted to try uh uh-huh but then after that yeah they tricked him into the into like investing into a fake company that didn't exist Mm -hmm. but they didn't actually cash a check it was just like no but they were just doing that but like it, that's a little moment where kim does something that she knows is wrong right and then they have fun and then the next day she's like we can never do that again yeah by she's the way. like no not yeah. again and then jimmy's like you had a good time you know mm-hmm. and she's like no and they didn't cash a check but yeah i guess the vodka stuff is, was sketchy yeah that, that the whole situation kinda, was sketchy it shows like how she actually felt remorse like she felt guilt about that even though if it was something kind of small because she didn't really go they didn't really go all the way with it they just kind of like with the con <laughs> yeah with the con and it's kind of funny because the guy that they tricked had like a moment in breaking bad the original show where he was like being an asshole and talking on the phone talking about how much money he makes and like his fucking nice ass car was like out um in the gas station and it just made um walt be really I don't know, pissed off, and so he like lights it, same- lights his like explodes his car. He's the same guy. Yeah, it's the same guy, same actor. Oh my goodness. Okay, I don't. <laughs> so I saw all of Breaking Bad, but it's been a long time because yeah. the show ended quite a while ago, right? A couple years ago, and I want to say maybe like twenty twelve or something. Yeah, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it right when it ended. I don't remember exactly. Twenty ten, maybe. I don't remember I saw, when it like, ended yeah i saw it i don't remember when i'm pretty I saw sure it, it but it's been a long time yeah the the first season right the first season pretty mm-hmm. sure it came out 2008 so it's been quite a while i don't remember a lot of those details and i've only seen it all the way through once i've and seen that show like more than eight times all the way through because i love it that much i can't really bring myself to watch it over and over it's pretty violent and graphic no yeah i know you can't really handle <laughs> it's difficult it. for me to watch better call saul even though it's a spinoff of that other series it's not as graphic it's not no anywhere near as graphic as there's breaking bad breaking, breaking bad, bad has way more deaths is more way more thrilling like more of more a blood a thrill thriller type show way more dr- like the drama it's is a like, drama but yes it's like you know. pumped to the max compared to better call saul so i am enjoying better call saul more there are some scenes that i'm like well i wouldn't it's definitely not a show for kids. It's definitely a, a, an adult show for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's not as graphic as Breaking Bad. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it more. And I think there's like layers that are with the, you know, different characters that I like watching, I guess. I find them interesting. I wish they had a Mike spinoff. <laughs> they, probably oh. won't, they probably won't do it, but I feel like it'd be really cool because 
they probably wouldn't do it because they already showed some of his um backstory in better call Saul. but i don't know i feel like it'd be really cool to show when he was younger and he was a cop or something or and then show and then show flash forward to when he's older i don't know i see well i mean to me better call saul is like out of the out of the average when it comes to spinoffs because normally i don't like spinoffs i don't watch them i usually find them disappointing a lot of them are yeah most of them are it's really rare that you find one like this that is like really really good yeah um i think it just has to do with the creators and the writers are just phenomenal right they do really well so that's the reason why i do enjoy it but i mean normally if if there's a show that i enjoyed watching then there's like a spinoff show i'm probably not gonna watch a spinoff show I think it depends on what it is for me. Like, for sure, I knew a better call saw was going to be good because everybody was saying that it was. So, and then it was the same creator. Well, one of the same. I don't know all, all the if all the same creators. same people, but yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I know Vince Gilligan is the name of the guy that created Breaking Bad. So, yeah. Well, do you want to talk about other shows? You want to talk about another show that you watch and this one's pretty it's it's a drama too right euphoria i've seen that show like i've rewatched it a couple times and it's really good um there are things i like about it, things i don't like about it like let's start I'm, with what you like okay what i like oh, i love the way that it's filmed like they'll do like really like the camera the way that the camera moves the lighting like the way that it's like set up it's just like very what is it called um satisfying or like um the, just aesthetically the, pleasing the cinematography you're talking yeah. about right yes i love that and the writing um is pretty like it's good um it's season one and season two some parts i'm like what <laughs> why did this happen this is dumb why did they make this happen you mean plot wise yes like the way that they like with one of the characters like they like messed her story up so bad in the second one and then so and i know that she had oh, i'm talking about cat hernandez she's one of the characters like she was like her story was amazing in season one and um in season two like i don't know what the hell happened but like i know that she had like the actual actress had is- barbie ferreira had issues with the creator sam levinson and you know she was just like i'm not going back on this show again i don't know she was just so great in the first season and then they're like oh she doesn't like her boyfriend anymore and she is just like i don't know mean now or just weird what would you say know herself i don't know it's it's weird okay go back to the beginning basically what's the show about like what's the main sorry storyline okay so it takes place in a high school but um i don't know why it takes place in high school it should be in like college setting because everybody in the show is like you know doing adult stuff like um doing drugs drinking i mean those things those things happen in high school yes they do but but the way that they go about it in the show is like this is way too adult especially in the season one and in the first very first episode there is a lot of nudity and it's just like why do you have to show so much nudity like in the first episode like that makes me pretty uncomfortable because thinking about how it's supposed to be taking place in high school that's why i'm saying that's kind of disturbing i know the actors themselves are not actually in high school no yeah they're older just the plot line 
revolving around high school students and it being that way is kind of like it's weird yeah it is yeah. weird basically so it takes place in high school um the main character is basically uh rue bennett who is played by zendaya and she is like the drug addict girl you know and she they show all her struggles and how she started getting addicted to drugs was because of her dad you know he was like um sick and then he had to take all these pills and she would take them and then he passed away and that really really set her off in a really wrong path and so um there's like it's just really sad like when they show her a story like with her mom and her sister because her sister had to like she literally saw her like overdosed on the floor and so she had to be taken away and so um you know it's just very traumatizing for the the little sister and um you know she goes to rehab and then she gets clean for a little bit and then she relapses again and then like um but she's going to um na narcotics anonymous and um she's just <laughs> going through so much and she kind of falls in love with um this girl named Jules and she's like the trans girl who just moved to, into town and she's very troubled too they show her past too portrayed by Hunter Schaefer yes you know she kind of is living a little bit of a double life like a double hoe life like she'll go on grinder and like meet up with like older men and things like that and that's very upsetting <laughs> high yeah. school student doing that okay so in the beginning like she like hooks up with this like older guy in a motel and the guy that she hooks up with turns out to be one of the main characters dads so like basically the villain of the story his name is nate jacobs and his dad is cal jacobs and so nate is like the <laughs> the villain of the whole show like he's like psychotic as hell like he he's very abusive and controlling um, towards his girlfriend Maddie and just controlling and evil <laughs> in general <laughs> like he'll just blackmail people he blackmails jewels he blackmails this one guy that hooks up with Maddie at a party he's like you're gonna confess to this um, crime and he's like really he's so messed up yeah he's like the most dislikable you know character, character yeah He's like basically toxic masculinity in a character and he's personified <laughs> personified. Yeah. And he um, is struggling with his sexuality. He's like, am I gay or what? His dad is secretly gay, too. Um, actually, I don't know if Nate is actually gay or if he's just questioning. I think he's just questioning because of um, the, his trauma and like what he witnessed um, on his dad's computer and like. Um, it's just like really sad and like complex um but he pretty much is the villain but you you sometimes feel like bad for him because of like what his dad you know put him through and like how he raised him it's just very sad his girlfriend uh maddie played by alexa demi she is so great i love her character so much she's like la latina <laughs> and she is um sassy um like cool girl i guess mm -hmm. but she's like she's not mean though she's not like a mean girl she's like cool girl who's like chill with people like 
like it doesn't matter and she's really great really great to watch um is she your favorite uh character in the show um that's kind of hard i was trying to think about that too because i was like i mean i really like maddie i really like lexi more i like i like lexi more in season two because they go more into her character um and i also really like angus cloud's character fesco and he's like the drug dealer friend to Rue, but he doesn't supply her drugs because he's like, yo, Rue, like, you just got out of rehab. Like, I don't want you to. He doesn't want to give her drugs, even though he's like a drug dealer. So it's like because they're like friends. He's like, yo, that's my family, you know. So. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And like his story is really crazy, too, because he has like a business. I mean, he has like two businesses, technically, because. He's a drug dealer, but he's also uh, running, like, a gas station, you know, and, like, a, um, some, and just, like, he'll be selling, like, food out of the fair or something, right? But he'll also be selling the drugs at the same time. His grandma is, like, um, basically, like, I don't know, like a vegetable. Not a vegetable, but she's just, like, in her bed and she can't move or anything and she doesn't get up. She's, like... I don't know, um, not really conscious or, yeah, but he's like taking care of the grandma. Is he parapl- Is she paraplegic? Uh, no, it's like she got into an accident or something. He's taking care of his grandma. He's taking care of his kid who is base. this kid named Ashtray, which is basically his brother, but they're not related by blood. He just like lives there because like his mom dropped him off there. And I guess his mom was a drug, a drug addict. And so... Uh, she just never came back for her kid so he's just there now and he's living with fesco and so they're basically brothers but just not by blood why do you think like so you mentioned the first season has a lot of nudity and like graphic stuff going on Mm -hmm. do you think that some shows show like their most graphic like scenes in the beginning sometimes in the hopes that it'll get more attention i mean it could be yeah because like one of the characters um, who's named Cassie, played by Sydney, Sydney Sweeney, um, her character, like especially in like season one, is like like nude a lot, and like people are like leaking her, or like her people are like leaking her nudes, and like um, in the show, in the show, okay, in the, in the plot, okay. Um, the thing is that in season two, she kind of starts a relationship with Maddie's ex boyfriend Nate. But in season one, literally in the first episode, Nate is making fun of her and like showing her nudes to her soon to be boyfriend, McKay. And so um, he's just like making fun of her. And it's just like so messed up. And like he'll just treat women like objects and like they're just there to have sex with him, basically, and for him to control and so um it's kind of weird how she like gets with him and then they'll be like oh oh, oh he's in love with her but it's like no girl that's no not that's love. not love you know what uh so i've never seen the show but i've seen like clips the one that was really striking to me was one that came out that there was a lot of buzz around and it was a scene where uh cassie mm-hmm. has this whole like crazy getting ready routine yes that i i saw that scene a couple times i was like it i was lo- very I watched that scene yes it so was interesting times. to watch i know they it led to a lot of like 
content online of people like recreating it became a tiktok trend too yeah it was like a trend and people recreating the the, their morning routine and everything and like some people trying to do it themselves like and isn't the whole thing like she wakes up at 4 a.m to get ready to look good for nate jacobs the guy that is abusive yeah that she's trying to get with it's really crazy yeah but it's sad so a lot of actually a lot of the things in that morning routine um a lot of the um products that cassie uses sydney sweeney the actual actress actually uses those products in real life so she would actually bring them from her house and then she went to go film that scene but i thought that was interesting when i heard about that like oh she actually uses a product but i guess i want to get one of those products (laughs) like for real but the the actual routine is like insane yeah it's like insanity she's like she's shaving she's lotioning up she's like putting um on dry patches like in her under eyes and uh-huh. she's like doing an ice roller she's like um curling her hair with like this this thing that you put on your head and it like, oh at the curl formers i think that's yeah or something yeah like yeah that. and like she'll what, what is it called she used one of those electric nose shavers she'll like use like an electric roller on her face so a lot of the stuff is like de-puffing like she'll put on like an ice ice mask that you can like you know wear so it's like some people would say like oh she's using like in the comments of like that morning routine video they'll Mm -hmm. be like oh she's using a lot of like de-puffing things because cassie is always crying like the character's always crying i was like oh that's probably why she's using all these ice rollers okay i mean this is what i would think if you are getting up at 4 a.m. like regularly, you're going to have a puffy face because you're not sleeping enough, right? That's what yeah. I would think. Yeah, she's not probably not getting enough sleep. She's only doing it to look good for a guy. She's not even doing it for herself. That's why it's sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just showing how how far someone can go because of, you know, personal image insecurities. And it's really... Uh, really sad to see but also like insane because i i know the way that the scene was filmed too it was like all like you see her doing it like she doesn't do them she does it aggressively she doesn't do her routine in like a calm like just like not even like a regular methodical manner where like oh you know going through the motions or whatever like this is something she does every day she does it like like she's in a rush yeah but she has so many steps i don't even so I, much I, I don't know how many but yeah like she'll put makeup on she'll take a shower before and then she'll like do all the skincare stuff and it's just crazy <laughs> and like she looks immaculate like when they show her like after right uh-huh. after the routine that she's at school is trying to stare at nate and he's not looking at her at all doesn't even give her the time of day no doesn't even care no and he's like still he's still into his ex-girlfriend maddie but you know he's still kind of cheating with cassie but he's like ignoring her at the, that point but you know the funny part in that scene is like at the end like when she shows up in, in school and she's dressed like literally exactly the same yeah as the other girl and that that's the only people were saying like oh like the only time he looks at her is when he when she's dressed exactly like maddie yeah and she's like why are you and she's like oh my class is this way like because she doesn't want to like be confronted or anything because she's scared that maddie will find out that she has like been the, cheating she has the same look and outfit right I mean, yes, but, but here's the a thing: different color. How would she know what her look? Does does she always dress? So I've never seen the show, so I have no idea. Does she always dress the same? 
Matt. She always has different outfits. They always have all different outfits. No, no, no. I mean, how did Cassie end up with the same outfit as Maddie? Did she literally like, how did she know what she was going to wear that day? Like, I don't think she, I don't think she realized, but I think she, maybe it was like subconsciously copying Maddie to try to get Nate's attention and mm. um well they're best friends that's the thing they're best friends so she sees her all the time so she's yeah. probably seen some of her outfits so it's not outfit coordination it's just like no semi like so it's like a combination of subconscious and like you know that's what i think and coincidence in a way because yeah. i mean i assume the other girl maddie has different outfits oh 100 percent. so like, that it's kind of yeah. funny how she ends up wearing the same thing yeah but i know it's kind of done like to show the iron, like, I don't know if it's irony or what, but it's like done in a comedic, yeah, ironic kind of, way. Because yeah. no one would actually look literally exactly the same in that way. But mm-hmm. it's kind of showing like, you know, because she's wearing like, she's dressed the same. That's when he actually gives her attention and it's kind of funny. But yeah, that that scene stuck out to me. I mean, that's the one big scene that i've seen i've never seen the show i yeah based on what you're telling me i'm not gonna watch the show probably no yeah no i don't think you would like it but oh yeah i'm watching season two and um the part that i really love about season two is lexi's character development because she's like the shy girl she's cassie's sister so she's like you know the shy one she's like quiet the overlooked one basically so cassie's always like am i looking good and lexi's like yes you look perfect, literally perfect. And so she's the writer too. So she, she writes a play um, to put on for the school. Um, But the things is that her play is literally based on all the characters in the show. Like literally all her friends, it's based on everybody. Interesting. So she like gets people like the people that audition look like off brand versions of her friends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah but i imagine also, yes like i just love lexi's also she kind of gets a romance too in season two she does get a romance with fesco and so he's the only one because they meet at a new year's eve party and he's the only person that's ever given her any like attention or like i don't know like i guess like she's just nobody ever wants to like i guess nobody flirts with her but he's i guess he's like He's just like super chill and he actually wants to know what she's saying. And she's just really, really smart and like just very, I don't know. Like they're, they're totally different as people, but like the way they interact is just like very sweet. They kind of bond and they start to develop kind of like a friendship slash, you know, relationship, relationship, flirtationship. So, um, what do you not like about the show? What do I not like about the show? Okay, I already said the nudity is like too much in the first season. It's like excessive. Second, second season, not as much nudity. Uh, another thing I don't like, like I really just hate Nate's character. Like he's just so gross to me. Oh, McKay, the boyfriend, Cassie's boyfriend in season one, he just gets written off season two. Like he'll, he shows up in the beginning and then like he just never shows up again because, you know, Cassie is with Nate. But it's just weird the way they never show McKay again. McKay is like better for Cassie. Like he does some things I don't like, but he's not like a sociopath like Nate. <laughs> so I don't know. I just don't like how they just wrote him off like like nothing. He's still at the high school? No, he's like in college. Like in season one. He's oh, like, he's I guess like a that's... freshman. He's I a see. freshman in college. 
that kind of explains why he's not no yeah like they're like oh we're they break up because cassie's like we're in different places which does make sense and i agree with that it's like um yeah if you're in college why do you want to date a high schooler it's just like your guys are in different places so like it's fine they broke up but like why couldn't they just continue his character i don't know and i already said i didn't like how they changed cat's character and they just kind of like messed up her storyline i did not like that the whole story sounds really sad it i mean no yeah there's some really sad parts there's some really like weird parts there's some gross parts there's some funny parts and there's some really like beautiful parts so it's like you know it's like a mixture so i don't think you can like handle it honestly yeah it sounds too explicit for my taste and then the storyline too is not something i'd be drawn to yeah but i can see why some people watch it and talk about it why Mm. it's gotten popular yeah um also i like the memes but that's euphoria it's kind of crazy yeah sounds crazy it is well i know that you wanted to watch i mean no actually we both watched uh another show but we were watching lately selena the netflix series and it's really well done i would say yeah i only saw i think season one and i don't think i saw season two okay. maybe an episode or two at most and then when you were watching it i would like sometimes pass by and like glance for some scenes but mm-hmm. i don't i don't know what happens after you that because re- there's two mm-hmm. seasons right for the whole series yeah, and then it two. ends yeah it ends um do you think it's like a really good like portrayal of the story or do you think it's like what are your thoughts on the way the show is um you know talks about selena's life and uh, well i'll tell you i think it's really well done and it's been years since i've seen selena the movie with j-lo but from what i've read i do think that selena the series is a lot a, a lot better of a portrayal of their lives during that time um then the back movie in the was. 90s then in the movie so like um there's a lot of inaccuracies even there's like some inaccuracies in the show um like how you know selena selena quintanilla how uh her and chris were found out like that they were being in a relationship like it was actually yeah her sister suzette is the one that told her dad you know Mm -hmm. abraham and like a a few other like inconsistencies right but yeah but But for the most part it's really well done like the outfits are really accurate it's kind of scary yeah actually that's what i noticed in the series when i was watching it hair and their clothing and those seem pretty accurate yeah they're Um, really accurate and even i even saw a video of suzette quintania she like kind of runs the selena museum in corpus christi she was saying oh actually i was shocked at how accurate the boots she was wearing were that she had to go look and check if they were still in the case because she thought they might have just taken them or yeah because they were that accurate well that's neat um how do you feel about christian serrato's performance as selena do you think it's- so i think that she did a great job like she's a really great actress and i love her in the walking dead and in twilight but so i don't think any any person can accurately act like the real selena selena quintanilla the real selena i don't think 
anybody will ever be exactly like her. I don't think that J-Lo looks like her. I don't think that Christian looks like her. But they did a really good job with the makeup and the hair and everything. So I think she's captures the essence. But I don't think she's really that much like the real Selena. Because I've seen a lot of Selena videos and like interviews and documentaries about clips her. of her her clips personality her, like, her personality she's, she's so charismatic like you've told me like always she, smiling yeah like making jokes you know yeah very outgoing and she had this sort of like essence about her that is just difficult to recreate very difficult and i don't i don't think i don't think it will see someone like her Ever in again. our lifetime no 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 no. but what i do like is that um i've heard suzette selena's sister talk about this in interviews where she, um they'll ask you know they'll ask her like oh what do you think about christian's christian serrato's performance as your sister and she'll be like i thought she did a great job and i don't really like how people are like saying that she's doesn't look exactly like her like um, because you know that people were getting on J Lo for not being she's not Mexican. J Lo is P- Puerto Rican, so they're mm-hmm. like, she doesn't look like her. She doesn't talk like her. She doesn't. She's not even Mexican. So, <laughs> so she's like, well, she was like very respectful of J Lo and very respectful of Christian. So I thought that was cool because I know that J Lo lived with the Quintanilla family um, in for a prepar- period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for preparation for the film so she can kind of like get their dynamic and everything. But yeah, um, I thought the show was great. Um, very well done. The music, obviously, so she didn't, so Christian did not sing. I mean, she did sing, but not like the performances. Those were all Selena recordings, like actually Selena, Selena like singing. And there, but there were certain parts where Christian did have to sing, like little moments, you know, when they're acting, not like during the performances or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought that was, you know, a good move because no one's going to sound like Selena. <laughs> no one's going to sound like exactly like her. And I think the fans really, you know, appreciate that they kept her actual music. Whenever I see that done, I'm like, yeah, I, I would prefer that anyway. would be odd to have a cover or like someone else singing while they're portraying the character i mean they're oh oh, another thing so selena the real selena she had two boutiques one in corpus christi and one in san antonio and i wish i could have gone to the san antonio one but obviously they closed down back in the 90s but the corpus christi one um they still had it open until 2009 so you know i wish i could have gone to that one but basically the the part that in the show i was so impressed by how accurate the that they made the boutique in the show it's scary it looks exactly like the real one because i i would see videos of you know the, the how real the boutique, boutique looked. on youtube yeah i would see them and i was like oh my god this is exactly literally the exact same layout i was like wow they did a good job so like the the costume design the set designers they did a really good job i kind of really laughed good job. because i remember when i saw the first season i noticed there was a scene where they showed this one building i think it's like a hotel i forget in kind of like one of those what do they call those scenes that are in between 
scenes that are just like showing the landscape or showing the oh yeah 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 like they would show the river walk for a little bit yeah but there was one that made me laugh there was like a hotel that isn't even there at the time like it's newer than it wasn't around in the 90s so I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, really? I kind of want to know. I forget the name. I'm was sorry. It, I'm terrible Do you remember the location? Was it supposed to be in San Antonio? Yeah, it was supposed to be in San Antonio. Okay. Well, like, I thought it was cool because, like, they would show performances where they go to Laredo, they go to San Antonio, they go to Corpus, they go to other parts of Texas. Other towns, places. Yeah. And I don't know. I just thought it was so cool. But, <laughs> there, the, yeah, like, those weird, awkward in-between scenes, like, those shots, the mm-hmm. background shots, like... It's kind of weird because when they show the river walk, it it doesn't show like all the liveliness. It kind of just shows it far away where it's just, just the like river empty walk. and it stuff. It looks empty, and I'm like, that is not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. I wonder when they filmed those or how they did that. I know that they filmed like for the Selena movie th- from the '90s, the JLo one. Mm-hmm. They actually did film in the river walk, and like, I just thought that was cool. So, um there's like a scene with selena and chris um together there um but i'll watch like interviews about you know chris talking about selena it's just like oh it's so sad because you know he lost his love um you know they were you know you know they were married and they were so young they were the youngest ones in the band um and so you know you could just see the heartbreak and then I, I also watched like this one clip of when they they made you know that madame tussauds place where they have the wax figures oh the yeah famous people uh-huh. so they made one for selena and oh my god like a lot of the comments are saying like oh you could just see chris doesn't even want to look at like the wax figure in the eyes or anything like, he doesn't want to look at the figure because if that's literally his lost love i always thought w- those waxed figures are weird i mean yeah like, i mean they're odd especially if like if it's like that situation where it's like um that was your that's your you know deceased wife like that's so weird i don't yeah, know yeah i guess to me it's less strange when it's a living person even then it's strange it's like it's it's less weird when they're like long gone like Marilyn Monroe like oh that's, yeah that's, that's not as weird uh-huh. you know but when like it, more recently yeah. passed yeah when they're more recent it's like oh it's kind of weird I don't know like it's fascinating that you know the way that they're able to do that um, right but I think that was like a little bit too I don't know it's kind of weird but um yeah so I just really I do recommend that that show Selena um. But I know that the family is just very controlling of her image, you mm-hmm. know? They want to protect the image. And, like, uh, rightfully so that they should want to protect her because, you know... That, She's that past. Was, she can't defend herself. She can't, you know, you know control that, was, that. That was Abraham's daughter. That was, you know... Yeah. Their AB sister. Their sister, sister, their daughter, their, you know... The, yeah. So, it's just sad because I, I did... After I saw you know the ending of the show obviously we all know how the whole story ends mm-hmm. in real life you know with you know that woman that worked for selena the, who yeah was also that a fan, shot and killed her shot and killed her in corpus christi in 1995 and 
because she was embezzling money from the family and from the boutique or she was embezzling yeah she was embezzling from their bus- um, businesses the, mm-hmm. the boutique you know which which belonged to selena yeah so we know how it ends but she was a trusted friend but you know obviously she was very possessive and i thought you know that it's a little bit more um the way that they showed um the story the story was a little bit better done than the movie it so. was more detailed i'm sure you know when you when you're making a movie you have to there's only so much you can show in that yeah. two hours two and a half hours and then you want to get people to watch it so you kind of sometimes the story gets changed it becomes more like as they say hollywood eyes or i don't know what the word for the, sure yeah they change yeah they change it make it more hollywood they change it make it more you know it's not going to be completely accurate because it's not going to be shown like a documentary they're trying to show like a movie they're trying to get people to you know mm-hmm. see it in that way it's a different format and it's just the reality is that sometimes filming some things too is not feasible or you know Mm-hmm. to be done in the way that it happened in real life so so, so that's selena the series and you recommend it i do recommend it actually yeah and although i do also recommend that you seek out the real the information like like actual footage of the real selena and check out her music and her performances because i grew up listening to her and she's the first ever musician or cantante like ever singer that i was ever conscious of because i remember being like a little 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 kid and you know like you know listening to her music in the living room like she's the first singer or a musician that i was ever conscious of Uh uh-huh so yeah i do i've been listening to her music a lot especially like like when i'm painting and stuff like i will put it on because it's just like so good and i'll be watching like the astrodome concert that she did in houston texas and with her iconic purple outfit and yeah like that's like the like in my opinion that's like one of the best one of the best like live concert albums of all time in my opinion like that's that's one of them yeah yeah so that about wraps up what we have to talk about in terms of shows so thanks for listening um thanks for sharing your shows with us um let us know what you think of these shows if you've seen them if you haven't if you haven't let us know why you haven't seen them catch y'all later Bye. bye